Good afternoon, everybody. It's uh, Dorothy Polarski from Midday Moms. Um, I'd like to extend a big, big warm welcome to all of you as you're signing on. Um, you know, some of you know me from the Catholic Register. Others know me, you know, from my book, Motherhood Matters, and others from the Dynamic Woman of Faith Conference. I'd just like to extend a big, big, big warm welcome to all of you. As you're signing on, can you say hello to us in the chat box? Because uh, it's just kind of reassuring to know that there's actually somebody there. I, I just not seeing you and being able to hug y'all and everything. So as you're signing on, say hello in the chat. Say hello. My name is Helen from... Alaska, or my name is Susan from San Diego, or Mary from Mississauga, please say hello in the chat box. I also wanted to just extend uh, a warm welcome to Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Dorothy. It's good to see you again. <laughs> yeah, it's really good to see you again, too. Uh, you know, uh, you and Lindsay did such an incredible job with uh, the souls in purgatory, and I just couldn't wait to have you back. So we're so thrilled to have you. Uh, Michelle, can you tell us just a, a little bit about yourself? Sure. So um, I live in southwestern Ontario. We're in the Diocese of Hamilton, actually. And I live here with my husband and our four kids. Um, our oldest is nine and we have two twin boys. And then, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and then uh, our youngest is just turned five. So we are currently homeschooling our first year. I know I mentioned that in November that this is our very first time. So I'm not still not um, prepared to give advice for homeschooling, <laughs> but um, it's going well. And yeah, we're, we're just living life and doing our best, eh? <laughs> yeah, and it's, uh, no, it's just, it's, it's, it's so beautiful that you're able to fit us in because you've got such a busy schedule. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, I did want to say hello to some of the folks that are, or some of the folks, I'm, I'm aging myself by saying some of the folks, but I'd like to say hello <laughs> to some of the moms that are joining us. Mm. Hello, Karen from Richmond Hill. Um, hi, Liz Garcia from Mississauga. <laughs> Liz and I were in kindergarten together. <laughs> Very long time. Uh, Angela Rashid is one of our new, brand new, fresh baked out of heaven uh, mothers group leaders. She's having her first meeting coming up uh, on April the 6th, and she's also hosting a virtual meeting. She's in the Oshawa area. Hi, Angela. Um, I just can't wait to have Angela on one day. Uh, Angela's got quite the story. Uh, hi, Maria D'Souza. Great to see you from Mississauga. Sheila Sage from Kitchener. Um, That's my mom. <laughs> hi, mom. And um, it says Claire and Joanna. Those are my daughters, too. So hi, oh, family. <laughs> so there, you've got your daughters and your mom watching you. Sheila, you've done a great job. I have to congratulate you. Yay, thank you for being <laughs> such a beautiful, beautiful daughter. Um, I wanted to also say hello to Maureen Berry from St. Joseph's in Guelph, um, Martha Muggs from Waterloo, Lucy from Mississauga, uh, Roseanne Lista. I've had the just great pleasure of meeting on a number of occasions. She attends the um, Our Lady of Peace Mothers group. And so Catherine Lewis from Brampton, so a big, big warm hello to each and every one of you. Oh, Claude, hi, Claude. Uh, Claude's from Maple, and then we also from St. David's Parish in Maple. And, um, oh, Sally, hello, Sally. Sally is uh, from Whittier, California at St. Mary of the so uh, we're really, really excited to have you here, Sally. You'll have to send us an email and let us know how you found out about us and let us know what you think about the event. Um, right now, we're actually in the middle of helping a mother's group start uh, in California in, I forget the, the town but, or the city, but also in, in the North Pole. So it's uh, wow. the, the is really That's cool. <laughs> very, very exciting. 
Uh, hi, I'm Camille from Collingwood. So anyway, a, a big warm welcome to each and every one of you. Again, I'm uh, here on the behalf of catholicmomsgroup.com. We're on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. And I'd like to tell you just a little bit about our ministry before uh, we go ahead with um, Michelle's talk. And so uh, some of you will recognize, you know, this beautiful, beautiful statue of our Blessed Mother. She's in the background here. Um, so again, we're catholicmomsgroup.com. We work in partnership with the Archdiocese of Toronto in helping parishes start mothers groups. And we're on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. Um, we, have, we have helped over 50 parishes start Catholic moms groups. We've helped moms groups start in a number of states. We've also helped them start in um, Calgary. So our, our, our ministry, the word is getting out about our, our ministry. And so we are on a mission to bring Catholic moms groups together. Um, we create, we help parishes create one of three types of mothers groups. The first type of mothers group um, that we help parishes create, and you don't have to have all three of them, you get to choose which one you want, are uh, mothers groups that are kind of quote unquote just for moms. And they're, um, you know, usually held in the evening and it's a, a little bit of an oasis and kids don't come and it's a, a form of refreshment. So you will notice in the top right-hand corner, St. Christopher's, that's, you know, they had a, a reflection on relics. And uh, anyway, so we have um, one type of mother's group that we help start is, you know, again, just for moms. Another, the second type of mother's group we help start is the moms and tots. Uh, we have a number of moms and tots programs. And the third type of mother's group we help uh, parishes start our virtual mothers groups. So COVID brought us here and uh, on April the 26th, I believe, will be a solid year that we've been hosting Midday Moms. So week after week after week. And um, we provide parishes with uh, a number of publications. We have a publication called how to start a, a Catholic mothers group. We also have a 52 week study guide. All of those materials are in a Catholic mothers group starter kit. Um, and we also, you know, there's tons and tons of things in that kit. There's enough material for well over a year. Um, we have recently pivoted all of our materials into digital format. And it's going to be very, very exciting because we're going to be able to offer all these digital materials to, to you as well. So we're excited about that. We also host an annual Catholic Mothers Summit. And we've done that for years and years now. So, um, yeah, so thank you, each and every one of you, for joining us. Now I just have to figure out, oh, there we go, the stop share button. If you're interested in starting a mother's group, please get in touch with what? And uh, just send us an email to info at catholicmomsgroup.com. And um, we can keep you on top of things, you know, and aware. So I'd like to more formally introduce Michelle. Um, as you all know, today is a, a, a remarkable uh, and beautiful uh, solemnity. And um, Michelle is the co-host of an incredibly popular podcast called the Modern Lady Podcast. She's co-host with uh, Lindsay Murray, which some of you met in November. Um, they get like thousands and thousands of downloads. So I'm, I'm actually gonna ask, use this opportunity to get her to share some of her secrets. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so please do uh, check out her podcast. Uh, she is a homemaker living in southwestern Ontario with her husband and four children. Again, she has um, 
four children. The eldest is nine years old. She has a set of twins, boys that are seven years old, and her youngest is five years old. And um, she tries to balance her love for producing and reading and the adventures of homeschooling and family life. You can follow her escapades on Instagram and her handle is mmsachs, S-A-C-H-S. Um, and you can follow us too at Catholic Moms Group. So our handle is Catholic Moms Group. So please follow us um, and a big warm welcome to, oh my goodness, we've got Camille from Collingwood and we've got Anna Chapetta from Schomburg. So a big, big, big warm welcome. Um, so I, I thought, Michelle, maybe you'd start us off uh, with a short prayer, you know, as um, we should start every week. And sometimes I'm embarrassed to say I forget. So <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Well, um, given that it's a Marian feast day, why don't we all just pray a quick Hail Mary together then? And so we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, um, Michelle uh, mentioned to me a little bit earlier today, you know, it's such a, the, the title of the reflection is such a, a beautiful one. Um, lifting the veil, you know, I just, yes. <laughs> so mysterious. So lifting the veil, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, about the solemnity, um, mm -hmm. and then why it's important, and how we can celebrate it. Now, before I kind of, you know, ask you to, to move forward with the reflection, can you tell me a little bit between the difference between a uh, solemnity and a feast day? Because sometimes, mm. <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes I still get a little bit confused. I don't know if all of you are fully aware, but uh, yeah, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, actually, I had to look it up to Dorothy because I also just kind of call everything feast day and then I'll get to my missile or to mass that day or something and realize oh it's a solemnity uh, and you know that it's more important but maybe not necessarily why or what the distinction is and so um, what I found was just that it is a special day usually that pertains especially to salvation history and to our our salvation right so it's the people so the saints feast days um, I believe we had the Solemnity of St. Joseph last week. I think that the feast day of Saints Peter and Paul are considered solemnities. And then the moments of salvation history that are especially important for us to remember, like today, like um, Christmas, uh, all of these different things. So I think the way I understand it, and please anyone correct me if I am also mistaken, Mistaken. But the way I understand it is that they're all feast days, but the title of solemnity is given um, additionally to those very important feast days. A little bit more significant. So I, I, I like what you've just done because now I'm going to remember solemnity, specially important. The S and the S are going are gonna to help me. So, uh, consideration, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> so, so yes, so, so, you know, please um, tell us, a, you know, a little or a lot about the, the solemnity. Uh, I'm sure that all of us that are here are on, you know, like some, some people might know exactly what it is. And then others might say, oh, yeah, I've heard of it. But what exactly is it? So, so please, yes, share with us. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot. There's so much um, interesting things to know um, about the Feast of the Annunciation. And I mean, really, uh, throughout all church teaching and history, one thing I love about the Catholic faith is that there is no end to the knowledge that we can pursue in the Catholic Church. There's just so much beauty, so much tradition, so much theology that you could probably spend every minute of your life trying to learn everything there is to know, and you'd still have something else to learn in the future. And so the Feast of the Annunciation, I mean, I went into preparing for this talk, not realizing how 
just how much I'd find interesting too. So I will try to keep it to our time limit, Dorothy, but there is just so much exciting things to say. So the, the feast of, or the solemnity of the Annunciation um, is the celebration of the day that St. Gabriel appeared to Mary and proclaimed to her the saving um, plan of God to send his son to earth to save us and to ask Mary's consent um, if she would uh, be the bearer of Christ, if she would be the mother of God. And as we know, the story goes that Mary said yes. She proclaimed her fiat. And um, from that moment, uh, Christ entered the world. This was the moment of the incarnation. So it's interesting. We often talk at Christmas time, like this is the day that Jesus entered the world. And that is true. He was born on Christmas day. But the moment that Christ entered the world in the flesh was actually today, the feast of the incarnation, the feast of the annunciation, right? If you think about how we view life beginning from the moment of conception in the womb, this would be the moment where Christ came to us. And so it is a very important day in the life of the church. And so would that mean then that Christmas day is nine months exactly from today? Is that what that means? Yes, actually it is. So if you look on a calendar, it's exactly nine months to Christmas day, which I think is so beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and so I think each of us, you know, need today too, to reflect on, you know, imagine if an angel popped into your kitchen right now, <laughs> asked you to do something very specific, right? And, and just, yes. just to recollect ourselves that way, because um, we so much close ourselves off to that possibility, right? So just that awe. Okay, so this is the day that St. Angel Gabriel comes to Blessed Mother and asks for permission. Isn't that, isn't that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really um, such a significant um, aspect to this feast day, right? And I was looking into the writings of Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, Dorothy, um, but she is a saint who, um, well, blessed on her way to sainthood, who received a lot of visions. She was a mystic in the church. She also had the stigmata. She lived in Germany um, around, let me see, I have the I have the dates here. So it's about the late 1700s, early 1800s, right? And she was a nun and she received a lot of visions about the, the passion of Jesus and also the life of Mary, which has been compiled into a book called The Life of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I have a copy here that I got, actually, I, in, I inherited from my grandmother when she passed away. Um, it was in her library. So I had it on hand. And the book really just talks about the life of our Blessed Mother. And this would fall under the category of private revelation in the church. So that we have public revelation and private revelation. And the main difference is that public revelation are, uh, is scripture and it's tradition. And we believe that this public revelation of salvation history and of Jesus Christ, all of that ended with the life of the apostles and with the completion of the New Testament of the Bible. So there's no new public revelation of how God saved the world, that type of thing that is to come. Although the church does continue to grow in understanding and developing understanding of these things um, uh, over the years. Private revelation is basically everything else <laughs> that has come afterwards. And even uh, some very big, very promoted and encouraged private revelations in the church, such as the message of Fatima would be considered private revelation. So these are things that we are not bound by um, obligation, um, the same way that we are bound to believe the public revelations of the church. Um, these would be the writings of the saints. Another example of a private revelation would be the devotion to the brown scapular, St. Simon Stock, right? So um, these visions of Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich in the life of the Blessed Mother, these fall, fall under 
private revelation that the church says they enhance the the teaching and unless there's like specific instruction to stay away from it that we are okay to read them and take in the beauty of the lives and the works and the visions of the saints so one of the things that i loved reading in the chapter of this book um, the vision of blessed Anne catherine is when it talks about mary going up to her room to pray on the day of the annunciation she says that she saw that Mary was about 14 years old. She said that St. Joseph at that time was away. He was, and I loved the, the everyday nature of this. She said that St. Joseph was away. He was getting his tools. He was fetching his tools. <laughs> and staying with her in her home was her mother, St. Anne, and then two other girls that Mary knew from the temple. And that Mary retired to go pray in her room alone. And that while she was there, this was what really stood out to me, was what she was praying for. She was praying for uh, God to redeem her people and to redeem Israel. She was praying that he would send the promised king. And she was beseeching him that her prayer might have some share in sending him to the earth. And I just love, because she had no idea what was coming next, right? <laughs> That she was praying that even could her prayers just have some tiny little um, part to play in God uh, fulfilling these prophecies of sending the Messiah. And then, boom, the angel appears to her. So I loved that note. <laughs> you know what is sort of striking me as well is, uh, and, you know, her, her, her blessed mother was 14 years old and mm -hmm. 14 years old to have such a vibrant and robust spirituality, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, I, I want to sort of, you know, throw it out there. Like moms, are you encouraging your 12 year olds, your 13 year olds, your 14 year olds, to go up to their room and to pray, right? Mm. Um, because, you know, I don't know about you, but when I think of the average 14 year old in today's day and age, you know, on Instagram or social media, and and like part of that is, is our responsibility, right? Like, you know, sometimes we think like, oh, you know, they're on the phone or they're on the computer, that's fine. They're out of my hair, they're upstairs, right? Well, you know, we as moms, um, you know, maybe we need to be turning to St. Anne, to uh, our Blessed Mother's mother, and, and, you know, teach us how to be the type of mother that creates a child that is running to her room to pray, and that she has such a conviction that her prayers can help save people, you know, like I think as, as moms, it's, it's really important to to take our, you know, duty as moms seriously that, you know, young kids can have a vibrant, vibrant spirituality. Mm -hmm. I totally agree, Dorothy. And I worked for several years in youth ministry um, before I was married and before we had our children. And that was one thing I really noticed was that I, I think sometimes we don't believe that our kids are capable of hearing the truth, that they can't handle the truth or something like that, right? Um, but I found that it was really interesting that every time I thought that, you know what, maybe they won't understand this, or this might go over their heads a little bit. Uh, whenever it was taught to them or said to them anyways, even if they didn't quite understand it, they never rejected it. And I think that was really important. It captivated them instead, right? So they truly did take it as something to ponder and to think about. And I wonder sometimes if we just out of fear of, you know, we don't want to scare them away by giving them too much, but we might err too far and on that. Um, and so maybe just to not be too afraid of sharing, like when you learn something new about the faith, or even if you think it might be a little bit complex, for, for them to understand, to share anyways. And, you know, you're planting seeds all the time. We don't know 
when God will bring about this growth and this fruit. But as, as you said, we see in the lives of the saints, in the li life of our Blessed Mother, that even young people, maybe even especially young people, especially, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have this ability to understand mystery. Yes, and, and we don't, you know, like, that, that how we say that when a baby comes right fresh out of heaven, right, that it's, it's more mystical and more spiritual than we are, right? Mm. And we don't want to suppress the spirituality. It's, it's kind of like sometimes, you know, I see sometimes moms taking their kids to, to mass and they're like, you know, here's a cookie, here's a toy. Here, and, and we're, instead of fostering the, the spirituality, we're, we're like distracting the, the soul from growing and, and faith. Anyway, that's mm. probably another topic. But um, so today at supper time, I want each and every one of you to say, I heard this incredible speaker. Her name is Michelle. And did you know today is the solemnity of the Annunciation and that today is the day that an angel appeared to our Blessed Mother at 14, right? Mm -hmm. We need to carry those truths. I always say, don't just come to Mother's group bring it to the dinner table, right? Yes, absolutely. And you know, another thing you could bring to the dinner table, I just have to share this because I thought it was the coolest thing, was the significance of today's date, March 25th, which is the Feast of the Annunciation. I don't know if anyone else is um, interested or is a fan of uh, the author J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, he wrote The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, uh, but he actually made March 25th is the date that the ring of power was destroyed um, and Sauron, the evil Lord, was destroyed and good triumphed over evil. This is what he said. That was the date that this happened. Now, of course, that's a story and it's a fictionalization, but uh, Tolkien was a devout Catholic. And so I looked a little bit further into what March 25th, uh, why it was significant. I knew it was today's feast day, but... I found out that it's actually hugely significant in general for a lot of different reasons in Catholic tradition. So on this date, it's attributed to the creation of the world. It's supposed to be the date that Adam and Eve fell um, in the Garden of Eden. It's the date attributed to Abraham nearly sacrificing his son Isaac which God says to Abraham that he will provide the sacrifice, the lamb for sacrifice one day, he says to Abraham. It's the day attributed to the Israelites uh, being freed from Egypt and crossing the Red Sea. And it's the day attributed to the crucifixion of our Lord. It's believed that this was also the day that he died, that he was both incarnated at his consecration, the, today, the Feast of the Annunciation, and he left the world the same day in his crucifixion. So I was like, oh, wow, today just got a lot bigger. <laughs> We're going to need more festivities. <laughs> There's a lot going on today. So, it, I mean, it's also, if we look at the martyrology, which is the feast day of the martyrs and the saints, we often attribute, attribute the saints' feast days to the day they died. And so because today is the um, often thought of as the date of the crucifixion, it's actually the feast day of St. Dismas, the good thief, who died beside Jesus on the cross. And he's the one that asked our Lord, you know, Lord, please remember me when you enter today into your kingdom. And Jesus tells him that he will most definitely bring him into heaven. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. So I think it's fun uh, to just kind of think about I saw on one blog post they made this point that it's kind of poetic that the good thief has his feast day stolen <laughs> every year by the feast of the Annunciation <laughs> which I thought was just funny um, and I can't think of any saint uh, that would be upset about that so <laughs> a lot going on um, but I want to go back just for a second about this connection between um, salvation history and creation and Mary's yes at the Annunciation and the ties between all these. Um, I'm going to look to St. Irenaeus, Irenaeus of Leon. I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> 
And he talked about how, you know, the disobedience of Eve in the garden was the thing that brought about the death um, in paradise. And it's Mary's obedience as the new Eve that actually brought forth the savior of the world. And so he talks about this knot, the knot of Eve's disobedience. And it was loosened by the obedience of Mary. And I'm going to quote him here. He said that, quote, for what the Virgin Eve had bound fast through unbelief, this did the Virgin Mary set free through faith, end quote. And so this, I, I believe, is where we get the title Mary Undoer of Knots from this um, visual, this image of, you know, we have Eve in the garden and they fell supposedly on the same day, according to tradition. And that on the same day, centuries and centuries later, Mary um, undoing these knots finally and bringing about um, her part of salvation history. Michelle, I, 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 I there's a lot, right? I'm getting actually goosebumps from the, 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 the beauty of um, your research. And I, I just I wanted to thank you because I, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, uh, Rosa's mother said yes to Gabriel next, you know. <laughs> and so you, 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 you've done such a uh, an incredible job in, in making all of these truths so accessible, you know, to, to us. So, um, you know, thank you. I, I just can't wait for, for, for you to go on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, before we maybe get into some ways that we can celebrate the feast day ourselves at home, um, I think it is so nice and so beautiful to ponder and reflect on why it is significant to us today, right? To remember the Feast of the Annunciation. The church asks us to remember these things, I feel like often because they catechize and form us. Um, and we look to uh, the saints and Mary, especially as examples of how we can follow suit and grow closer to, our, to God in our relationship with him. So, you know, one of the things that I think we remember on the Feast of the Annunciation is God's faithfulness uh, to his promises. You know, we serve and love and are loved by a God that promises big things and delivers on them every time. He is a faithful God, right? And the Annunciation is such a beautiful reminder of that because for centuries, you know, God had this plan. He says it in the Garden of Eden, right? Um, right at the fall itself, God has already known how he was going to redeem and that he was going to redeem us. And this was the prayer of the people for so many centuries. And we see the fulfillment of it today in the Feast of the Annunciation. So, I, yeah. Can I just, because I know, you know, I, I grew up in a cultural, culturally Catholic family, you know, my, my dad was um, the very first organist at uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe Parish. And my, you know, my mom, you know, did belong to the Legion of Mary, but, you know, my parents weren't academics, right? And mm -hmm. I didn't study, you know, theology. And so sometimes when I would ask my parents questions, they were a little bit startled. Um, and then I was very blessed to meet my husband who has three master's degrees and can answer, and is a convert, right? so he could answer these questions. Um, but what does it mean, you know, to be redeemed, right? Like, I know that's such a basic and simple question. So here I am, you know, Maria in Mississauga and... I got my mom and my dad and yeah, we go to church every Sunday. And, you know, my history teacher told me that the Adam and Eve is just a, you know, just a story. And what does it even mean that Christ has to, you know, save me? Like I'm, I'm confused, right? Like can we just build a couple of bridges for, you know, maybe, maybe for those of us that haven't taken the time to study, to understand and to do the research that, that you've done. Um, yeah. Do you know, Dorothy, that's a huge topic. And I don't even know if I'm going to be able 
to do it justice. I can give you my own thoughts, <laughs> um, but absolutely, please, someone with master's degrees, <laughs> please ask them oh, to. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah. That, that, that kind of just popped out of the, that, that kind mm -hmm. of just I wasn't planning to, to throw that at you, I'm sorry, but um, okay. I, I just want to stress to everybody that, you know, but it's so important, like you're doing, Michelle, is to take the time to study, to learn, to understand, and maybe to make those connections that your parents weren't able to, to make for you, because it, it becomes a lot easier to catechize our children too, right? Um, mm -hmm. Depth to our, our, our discussions rather than kind of just being cultural Catholics or anyway, so sorry, I don't mean to to, to yeah, do you, do you know what? I think both are really important, right? I think that knowledge without it being lived out, um, even culturally, right? Especially culturally, there's so many strong cultural expressions, which I have examples of actually coming up for this specific feast day. Um, just knowledge, I, I think it's important to balance that with living out the faith um, in your actions and in your day-to-day -day life. And then by the same token, if you're just going through the motions, but you don't understand maybe why you're doing it, um, it can lose some of its importance and its significance. So I think the balance and the combination of culture, Catholic culture, with always being open to learning more about the faith itself, I think that's a really dynamite combination. And I think it's exciting that that's really something that all of us can do, especially today with the internet, right? There's so many opportunities to both learn how to live out your faith uh, in the context of the world and through your life, and also just to learn uh, facts and history and church teaching. And um, I, I think it would, it's a great thing to do for us to take initiative and to do that for our lives. And I was gonna say, the one thing I think that that does, um, especially as parents and as mothers, what that then does with our kids is that it gets us excited about it. And I think that a, a lot of the time it's our own love of the faith, our own excitement of what we're learning. <laughs> Remember I said at the beginning, there's never going to be an end to all the cool things that you could learn about the faith. Um, I think your kids will really catch on to that spark of excitement and that will go a, a long way in um, transmitting the faith and passing on the faith to the, the young people. Yeah, and you know, that's why I think these Catholic moms groups are so incredibly important because, okay, you know, when I worked at, you know, you know, in management position at the Royal Bank or when I worked at the Canadian National Institute for the Blind or when I was national training manager for Tupperware, you know, I'm meeting all of these women, um, but none of them were kind of practicing any faith at all, really, like some of them did, right? And then I go to the Polish church and it was, you know, mostly devotional. And then it, it was such a transforming experience when my husband took me to the Defending the Faith conferences at the Franciscan University of Steubenville. And I was kind of like, I've never met a woman like her, right? And so I've never met a woman like Michelle, for example. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, I began to view my faith in a completely different way. And, and so, you know, in hearing Dr. Alice von Hildebrand speak and hearing Kimberly Hahn speak and hearing, you know, Scott Hahn, and I'm like, okay, there have to be women like that in Canada, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so this is what our, the, the, these mothers groups are, you know, attempting to do, right, is to, to bring women at different levels of faith around the campfire to get excited about their faith, to be affirmed in their faith, and to, to learn more about the solemnity assumption. Sorry, I don't mean to be pontificating, but I think that's why these mothers groups are so, so important, you know, and mm -hmm. so thank you for, for being here, and thank you for all of the research, and I'm going to be praying in gratitude for the, just the gifts that you've been given to articulate it also 
so beautifully, you know, thank you. So tell us more. Okay. <laughs> okay. I know there's um, a priest, I can't remember who the priest was, but um, he, he often opens his talks or his homily saying that like all the good things um, at what I'm going to say, they come from God directly and all the error are, is mine. So <laughs> I will copy that <laughs> it's the holy spirit and um and the beauty of the church it's easy to get excited when something is so good true and beautiful right um so then i just wanted to mention this one of the other things i mean there's many things that we can reflect on and think about the importance of today but it is really uh reflecting on mary's obedience and her humility and her trusting acceptance of god's will i think that you know, it's this beautiful moment of trust that Mary has. And I think she has that trust because she has spent a, a lifetime forming relationship with God. So that scene that I mentioned earlier of Mary praying in her room from the vision of Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich, you know, it's, she says that Mary was deep in ecstasy. She was in the, this deep, long prayer and conversation with God she was clearly someone who loved God very much and knew his love for her as well. And one thing that I take from that and something that I would love to continue striving for in my own life is to reach the level of relationship with God, that there is that kind of unshakable trust and faith that God is good and he's good to me, especially, you know? So I think that's another thing that we can reflect on and meditate when we um, go through today and hopefully celebrate a little bit, <laughs> which um, I don't know if, uh, do you want to go right into ways to feast? Have yeah. we learned enough facts? Shall we feast now? <laughs> it's a solemnity during Lent, which means we get to feast a little bit, which <laughs> is wonderful. Our Lenten disciplines can be lessened a little bit today. Um, I loved this. I loved learning about how different cultures celebrate um, this feast day of the Annunciation. And many of them are easy to bring into our own house even by even at this point like it's almost three o'clock now right it's not too late I'm going to tell you how to do it <laughs> um, so the first one is actually a Swedish way of celebrating the Annunciation and it's called uh, here's my Swedish okay I apologize <laughs> different languages uh, Waffeldagen Okay, it, it is Swedish for waffle day. Now here's the connection. Okay, here's why waffles on enunciation. Um, in Sweden, it, waffle day is celebrated today, March 25th. It is also, it is recognized as Our Lady's Day, the Feast of the Annunciation. And the name for that in Sweden is, here we go with the Swedish again, it's Varfrudagen, which sounds like Waffeldagen. So what the Swedes did was they, over time, because in, in their speaking of it so fast, it sounded the same. They just uh, kind of brought in this practice and celebration of waffles to the Feast of the Annunciation. And so they have waffles on the Feast of the Annunciation. And I learned about it first from a Catholic blog called Catholic All Year. And it's uh, written by Kendra Tierney who lives in California, I believe. And her blog is awesome. It, it really turned me uh, to ways to live liturgically several years ago. And now she says that she can't not have waffles on the Feast of the Annunciation because her children remember and they'll remind her and they won't let her not have waffles. Um, but here, I'd actually like to just provide a little bit of uh, you know, a liturgical living um, public service announcement, if you will. And that is that these ways are really fun. They're very creative, but they are totally um, up to you and up to your limitations or strengths to either do them or not do them or figure out modifications if you need to. So to give you an example, We've celebrated this waffle day, waffle duggin, 
for a few years now, but I still do not own a waffle iron. I don't have one. And I forget that I want a waffle iron for Annunciation every year until the day of the Feast of the Annunciation when it's too late to get one. So for the last few years, I've been forced to make my waffles on my George Foreman grill, (laughs) which means that my waffles are flat, they are rectangles, and they have grid lines, like iron lines instead of the checkers of waffles. It's it's a waffle. You know, it's so like, don't get too stressed out about celebrating. Um, The kids will get the point. You will have commemorated the day. Uh, Just be creative and be flexible. These are supposed to be means to help us really flesh out the faith in our daily life. And there's no rhyme or reason or passing grade to make when it comes to this, which I find very encouraging. (laughs) So, um, Another thing that I learned just this morning, we were at mass this morning and our priest is from Kerala, India. And he mentioned in his homily that he had called his sister um, this morning before mass and uh, that his sister was tired because um, in his area, in his hometown, they have a practice of staying up until midnight on the vigil night of the Annunciation. They stay up until midnight so that they can pray the Magnificat together in honor of Our Lady right at midnight, which I thought was really, really beautiful. And it reminded me of how the Marian prayers themselves are beautiful uh, ways to honor Our Lady, especially prayers like the Angelus, which is, you know, literally recounting the events of the Feast of the Annunciation right? It's a prayer of the Annunciation. And the the church traditionally has taught to pray it three times a day. Um, I think the times are 6 a.m., noon, and 6 p.m. is when people traditionally pray the Angelus. Uh, I was reminded of a really beautiful movie called A Hidden Life. Um, I don't know if anyone else has seen it, but it's become one of my favorite movies, and it was just released last year. But in the movie, it depicts a very Catholic village and the church bells would ring and all the workers in the field would stop and they would all be praying the Angelus. And I I just loved that image. of the name of the movie? The movie's called A Hidden Life. A Hidden Life. Um, Yeah. I've I've seen, I think I'm, is that about, is that during the war? Yes, yes. So it's um, Blessed. I saw that movie with Mary Wagner. (laughs) You did? Wow. It's a really beautiful movie, eh? It was very stunningly produced and filmed and everything. And the story of, um, what's his name? Blessed Franz. uh, I would have, you know, I just am lucky. I'm glad. I know I'm going to remember it as soon as we log off today, but if you haven't watched it, it's a really beautiful movie and they are a devout Catholic uh, family and village. So it was interesting to see the Catholic faith lived out in everyday life uh, and family life. It was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, Another interesting thing about the Angelus that I just wanted to, to mention, this is something that I remember seeing in the hymnal of my my parish, I don't know if other parishes have the creed um, at the back of their hymnals. Um, my church growing up did. And I remember reading the Apostles' Creed during the Mass, and there was an asterisk beside the part of the creed where it talks about how by the power of the Holy Spirit, um, he was born of the Virgin Mary. And the asterisk said that all bow at that, at the mention of the incarnation, everyone is to bow. Mm -hmm. And so as a child, I just did what the book told me. (laughs) I was a very obedient child. I was like, oh, okay, I guess we bow. (laughs) Um, But I I didn't know exactly, you know, that in the germ, which is the general instruction of the Roman Missal, the instructions for mass, essentially, that it does actually include instructions for everyone to give a profound bow at the mention of the the incarnation um, and 
you know, this feast day essentially of the Annunciation. Uh, but what I didn't know until recently too was that in the, in the germ, in this general instruction, uh, it also talks about on the feasts of the Annunciation and the Nativity, so Christmas. At those words in the creed, you genuflect even. Mm. And I thought that was so interesting. I love learning about the postures of mass and the actions that we are to do during the mass and why, because I feel like it makes so much sense. You know, it's something that I remember reading as a child, but the more and more I learn about the like wonder and amazement of the incarnation, I mean, even just talking to you about it right now, Dorothy, I, I don't know if I could actually pray and think about those words and not feel my body being compelled to show honor <laughs> and show reverence to the truth, you know? So that was just an interesting point I came across too. Perhaps um, the next time you're at mass and we're praying the Apostles' Creed, um, that might be something that uh, you think about and that you consider is uh, just a small way of showing an acknowledgement and a reverence for the incarnation. I thought that was really cool. It's uh, a lot of cool things you're sharing with us today. Thank you. So yeah. much. <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm, I'm talking so oh, fast. Oh, no, this is <laughs> really exceeded anything I had imagined. I, I think that uh, the, the Holy Spirit really, uh, I, I know that the Holy Spirit loves me when he brought me to you to ask you to give this talk because it's just... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh no no oh, honors mine um i have a couple more things just two more things that are maybe easy things you can do um today to celebrate and to acknowledge the feast day one of them has to do with um flowers marian flowers so if you're in a position um, uh, to run out and get some flowers, or even if you're not a big flower person, but maybe print out a couple of pictures of flowers if for the kids, maybe some coloring pages with flowers. I think that the symbolism behind Mary and flowers is so beautiful. And even in depictions of the Annunciation, often we see lilies, right? Mm -hmm. Lilies are often attributed to Our Lady and um, for good reason, they mean purity. And there's um, Venerable Beattie, who I think lived the late 600s, early 700s, I'm going to say. Um, I hope I'm getting that right. But he described the lily. He said that the white petals symbolize Mary's pure body and that the golden anthers, which I so many times said antlers. <laughs> Not antlers. <laughs> I, I think they're called anthers. Inside the flower, the golden thing, the pollen, essentially, which is why I can't have these flowers in my house because we have allergies. Um, but they symbolize the glory of Mary's soul inside her right so you have the white petals surrounding the golden inside and you have the purity of mary's body with her golden glorified soul inside her body so lilies are a beautiful way of commemorating the annunciation um, other flowers i mean there is carnations um, which you can easily attach to the incarnation <laughs> Uh, there's violets. Violets are a traditional Marian flower. They symbolize Mary's constancy, her humility, and her innocence. And then, of course, we have the rose, right? The rose. If you're really looking to, like, up your game today, go get a dozen <laughs> roses for Our Lady. Um, it's the queen of all flowers for the queen of heaven, right? Um, there, what a symbol of perfection uh, found in the rose and its form and in its fragrance. And so this really um, ties into what St. Louis de Montfort writes about in his book, The Secrets of the Rosary, where he talks about offering all the Hail Marys, all the Aves to Mary as roses. And so all together, it's this little wreath of roses that you can offer to Jesus and to Mary by praying the rosary. And that is definitely something that you can to do today and maybe even do with your family, hopefully praying a family rosary. 
Yeah, that, that's it. I'm going out and I'm getting myself a dozen roses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not for myself, that's sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, Peggy here uh, in the comments mm -hmm. just says it so beautifully. She says, I appreciate your calm, unhurried, articulate, and very well-informed way of delivering this message, Michelle. Um, I, I think that uh, all of us here, you know, are a little bit um, just awestruck by uh, how much, you know, how much information you've shared with us in such a, a beautiful, um, beautiful, just a beautiful way. I, I'm so grateful, you know, so, so grateful for, um, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm not as gifted, right? So I'm like, I've got so much love in my heart right now and it's manifesting in, in tears. Um, but just, I wanted to just thank you, you know, because I, what it's done for me personally, it, and I think it's a reminder to each of us, um, you know, to take the time, especially as mothers, right? To, to study our faith and to see how much, we are enriched by studying it. And, you know, I remember at the very beginning before we even went online, I said, like, Michelle, are you a theologian? You know? <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> no, and, you know, th th that's the one thing that is another sort of like source of inspiration to me is that, you know, you're not a, a theologian and yet this, this beautiful, hunger is uh has led you on this incredibly you know beautiful journey and you're you're sharing it with us um this is just a, a little something that I, I felt called to share um when when my you know any day i guess it's i don't know if it's i forget i forget the day i'm embarrassed i should know the day that my mom passed away but it was in april and um and, and I say that the last sort of month of her life was a little bit like a retreat because she'd be sharing all these kind of mystical moments that she was experiencing with me. And I, and I was kind of like, Ma, how can you be so happy? Like you're dying. <laughs> I'm like, come on. And she goes, don't you know? Haven't I told you? And I'm like, what? What did, you know? She said, um, I spent my life praying to the angel saint, Gabriel asking for the gift of joy. Um, she goes oh. like, joy doesn't come naturally, girl. And it, it was interesting because the one thing that always mystified me about my mom, and, and it does to this very day, and maybe some of you are tired of hearing about it, but you know, she was 13 years old when the war broke out in Warsaw and her house was bombed and she was pulled out of the rubble and and mm. and and she was pulled out by Mary and priests but the, the thing that always struck me about my mother is that she was not that she was unscathed by it because that you know and obviously she wasn't unscathed but she had this vibrant robust spirituality that that um you know, she evangelized you know, the, the TTC driver, and, and you know, and, and people like she was just, you know, uh, and, and so that was a bit of a secret that she shared with me in her last days is to, you know, and how often do we turn to the, our, like all these beautiful angels? Yes, like it's very well known to, you know, to turn to St. Michael, the archangel, um, but, uh, you know, I thought, okay, so I keep on praying now, and I should pray more often to St. Gabriel, but it is, you know, and to, and to remember angels and to remember our own guardian angel and to remember that they can be intercessors for us. Are there any, I don't know, for those of you that are joining us today, thank you, Vesna, for joining us, and thank you, um, Nelsie, and thank you, Karen. Um, do you does anyone here have any questions that you'd like to ask that to either Michelle or anything? Are there any questions? Okay, so um, Michelle, do you have any kind of closing thoughts? Um, I think I would 
just say that, you know, when it comes to our faith, there are so many things that we can, so many directions we can go. And they're like, I mentioned a few times in this uh, chat with you, Dorothy, there is no depth and there's no end to the depth that we can go in any area of our faith. There will never be enough beauty in this side of heaven. There will never be enough knowledge. There will never be enough um, until we get to heaven, but to not let that hang us up, I guess, in our practice and in our love for the faith and for Jesus and for the blessed mother, that very, very simply um, what she wants, what our blessed mother wants and what our Lord wants is our hearts and uh, they want relationship with us. And that very simply, that will make Jesus happiest. And ultimately, that will be for our ultimate happiness and good as well. We, we've got, um, we have a question here um, from Sally. Um, she's asking if, uh, is it too much trouble for you to repeat the different things that happened on March the 25th? Are you oh, able yes. to do that? Sure. I, I know I kind of ran through them really fast. I was, <laughs> was hoping I wouldn't forget any of them. Here, let me just scroll back up here. Um, on March 25th, it's, it's tradition um, that it's the date attributed to um, the creation of the world, um, the day that Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, the day that Abraham nearly sacrificed Isaac and that God um, promised that he himself would prepare a lamb for sacrifice. It's the day the Israelites were set free from Egypt and crossed the Red Sea. And it's the day um, attributed to the crucifixion of our Lord. Um, so that Christ both entered the world and left the world on the same day, March 25th. And so that, that was some of the, the major things that according to Catholic tradition are attributed to this one day of March 25th. So um, Maureen here says, uh, yes, I'm in awe. Michelle, you are one in a million gracing us oh. all today on the Feast of the Annunciation. Um, may we all remain entrusted in relationship with Mary and Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, you've touched a lot of lives today, um, Michelle. And I, <clears throat> I just wanted to publicly encourage you to, you know, just to continue in your ministry of speaking. Um, Thank you. Because you're, you're gifted, you know, you have a, a, a beautiful gift. And uh, um, Roseanne says, Michelle, your inner beauty parallels your exterior beauty and faith. And so I don't want to start getting you puffed up here. <laughs> <laughs> each and every one of you here today, you know, uh, if you could please, 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 did I say please? If you could please um, go to our YouTube uh, page, Midday Moms, and if you could like and subscribe to our YouTube page, um, because that that helps the ministry. I'm not sure how, but my husband keeps us safe. <laughs> so I'm trying to be obedient to him. So please like and subscribe. And when we get um, when we get this YouTube video published, you'll get notification of that. And um, I would also encourage you to you know to visit uh, to look up uh, Michelle's podcast because there's a ton of great, great, great information there, and you can be listening to her regularly uh, on the podcast. And I will say, sorry, Dorothy, if if you would like to find the podcast, you can find it just under the title. It's at the Modern Lady Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. And yeah, we would love if if you would uh, have a listen. We have a great time on there as well. So. Thank you, Dorothy, for... Oh, so please do. And, um, and you know, you might be encouraged one day once COVID passes to invite Michelle to speak at an event at your parish. Because I don't know, but I think this girl should be speaking more often. <laughs> uh, so, very happy to consider, yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just very uh, gifted. And, and so we thank you. Um, I want to thank each and every one of you that have joined us today. You know, if, if, 
if you weren't joining us, then we wouldn't be hosting these events. And so we've been very, very encouraged by the response to Midday Moms. And um, if you visit our, again, our YouTube page, if you visit Catholic Moms Group, um, if you feel, you know, if you feel like you've benefited, maybe you'd like to make a small donation to the ministry as well. We depend on um, donations. Uh, much of what we've accomplished is, you know, by God's grace and um, some benefactors. You know? so, so don't hesitate going to catholicmomsgroup.com. And um, please keep on visiting our website. Um, we have some very exciting developments as a ministry coming up. And um, we're, we're kind of fully automating and pivoting all of our materials. Uh, for those of you that are interested in starting a mother's group at your parish, um, either here in the Archdiocese of Toronto or in the Archdiocese, you know, of Sacramento, wherever. <laughs> so um, we're, we're very, very excited. Again, we've helped over 50 parishes and we'd like to help yours. So Michelle, thank you so much. Um, I also want to thank your mother publicly and I want to tell your children who are watching you of an awesome mom. You're so blessed to have such an incredible mom. And um, I, I did want to mention that next week, Midday Moms is not going to be on Thursday because I'm, I'm wanting to kind of keep Holy Thursday um, just a day of prayer and a, a little bit, you know, a little bit more reverence. So we are hosting Midday Moms on the Wednesday at two o'clock. And we're going to have um, Maya Pollock, or no, she's not Pollock anymore. Oh my gosh, she's married now. Maya Nezich, uh, she's my cousin's daughter. She's going to be giving a uh, talk on how to beautify your home for Easter. So something... Uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit different. So next week, Midday Moms is Wednesday at two o'clock. Uh, we're wanting to keep Holy Thursday holy. And uh, so mark your calendars for next Wednesday at two o'clock. And later on in the month, we're going to have a priest actually from Italy joining us and he's going to be speaking about you know he's, he's going to be speaking about uh, St. Don Bosco's mother. Um, uh, oh that's interesting yes. Probably, uh, and he's mama uh, Margaret the saint maker and uh, and he's going to be speaking from the mother house in Italy so uh, put that on your calendars I think it's April the 15th so we've got a, a couple of exciting things planned Father Michael Pace. Um, anyway I'm so excited I'm excited that you're here. Uh, the way that people find out about our ministry is through you. So pick up the phone today, tell three people next week, invite two women. Um, that's how the word gets out. So thank you each and every one of you for joining us. We love you. Thank you, Michelle. Um, certainly. Thank you. Thank you blessed us grace upon grace. Thank you so much. And I, I hope you'll come back sometime because you're just such a gift. I'm happy to. Yes. Thank you. And thank you for your ministry too. You do a lot of really good work and midday moms and Catholic moms group are in my prayers. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Okay. So bye everybody. Mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs> Uh, and we'll see you next week. And Michelle will talk to you soon, I'm sure. Okay, thank you. Bye, everybody. Oh, we've got, wait, eight new messages. I, I guess I should. Uh... Ah, thank you, Dorothy. Okay, and God bless you all. Happy Palm Sunday. Happy Easter, everyone. Yes, okay, so we'll, we'll, still, we'll still see you Wednesday before uh, whatever, but uh, good. Okay, so thank you. We'll see you all soon. Okay, bye-bye.